everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. like we're spent we haven't even started and we're like oh Oh god that was traumatic but we're here and we're now live hi guys hi we had audio issues and it was just a complete shit show (laughs) we tried 10 different headphones um if anyone can just comment and say if the audio is fine or not that would be excellent day but i think it's okay so we could get started i've i've um during that time actually managed to copy down a load of questions there's no so it's echo been good. oh good good okay right i'm gonna go on our little whatsapp thread and get the other stuff up and then we should be good to go what do you want to do first questions or yeah quizzes quizzes okay right here we go um i have had a really rough week with my period this month probably due to stress I was looking into whether diet and exercise can help and I saw lots of training around your cycle. Would you recommend lower weights, higher reps um, just before your period? Are there any good foods or supplements that could help with strength at this time of the month? Emma, didn't you do a podcast on this recently? Or you did something on it? Or was it just something we answered? It, I mean, we speak about this all the time, don't we? It it really, you can get really technical about this and you can try and um, estimate where your hormonal levels might be at different times of your cycle and then try and move your training to schedule around that. I think it's a total waste of time. I think go on how you feel. Like if you're struggling the week before and you really, really struggle, take an easier week. Like technically you should be your strongest the first like couple of days of your period that is like the not the time i want to go into the gym and lift heavy even though my hormonal status might say so like i'm probably going to be curled up with a hot water bottle like go on how you feel and don't like don't overcomplicate it would be my advice a hundred percent i was about to say i was going to let you say what you were going to say because obviously Haley madigan who's been on the ec so listen to the ec podcast she was on she talked about this in depth and she's just been on my podcast and she touched on it slightly less in depth there because it's not something that i personally am super interested in and <laughs> i structure my questions based on what i want to know <laughs> um uh, yeah, I still go back and listen to that if you want to get a bit more in-depth, but just exactly what Emma said in, in different terminology, I go on instinct. If I feel like I want to go to the gym and have a badass training session, I do. Um, this is on, based around my cycle. Um, if I feel like that's the last thing I want to do, I'll either take a rest day and hit steps or I'll go in and try and do like a session that I know I, I will find easier, like shoulders and enjoy, and then I'm out. And everybody does experience different moods and kind of uh, physicalities at different stages in their cycle so it's pretty hard to be like this is when you should do it because some people yeah like emma said will be like no thanks so yeah i would say just go on instinct around that period of time and don't be too hard on yourself if you need to take a couple days off the gym um and just focus more on hitting steps and even just coming back up to maintenance calories for a couple days might help you mentally yeah i agree and i also think like even this 
question kind of alludes to this like oh i'm struggling with my period a lot this month probably due to stress like even within the same person it will vary like how how much that impacts you month to month so like one don't limit yourself if like you actually feel fine like why have a deload week when you don't need to have deload week or why yeah i normally only train two days on the week of my period like but if you feel fine then crack on there's no need to like cut back for any other reason but equally if you're having a really shit week like push on just because you don't normally cut back during that time i think it yeah it's just another another thing to consider but some people need absolutely no changes and some people do need to make big changes or like just be a little bit easier on themselves that week uh, and then the other factor is that most women, I think it's like 50% of women are on some form of birth control, which yeah. again means that that's going to change like a lot of the research behind like when might be optimal to have a break or when might be optimal to lift your heaviest and when you might technically be strongest due to higher in- uh, estrogen levels. A lot of that is due to like your quote unquote, like the natural cycle. Yeah, which might Whereas be- if you're taking the pill or anything like it's completely different and everyone's cycle length is different. Yeah. And oh, there's just so many factors. Like if we tried to <clears throat> periodize your training around your period, <laughs> then um, <laughs> then we would also need to know your cycle length, which again is different for everyone. It's also often different on different months depending on stress and various things so it just becomes so so complicated and completely unnecessary to do I've even seen people I can't remember now I think it's the week before your cycle anyway one of your weeks you're meant to be slightly less insulin sensitive so they're like don't eat carbohydrates during this week fuck off it's so ridiculous and when you realize like the extent that the changes in your hormones around your menstrual cycle must like the magnitude of that effect on insulin sensitivity and then the fact that you're actually resistance training completely negligible like you can absolutely handle eating carbohydrates if you're resistance training you don't need to cut them out for one week a month because you might technically be slightly less insulin sensitive that that week so yeah it's overthinking it and it's often used by personal trainers to like it's a quite easy marketing, to be honest. Oh yeah, of course. It's like shoddy, easy marketing. Yeah, as, as soon as you, yeah, as soon as you can wow somebody with some like hormonal cycle strength knowledge, then yeah, you probably got a you probably got a female client for life. But yeah, it's, it is ridiculous. It's uh, unless unless you are, and again, this would like apply to like Haley, for example. Unless you're really interested in it for you know your own history your own hormonal reasons in which case absolutely this is something you should be researching and understanding about your body nobody needs to get bogged down in this kind of thing I mean I I even kind of roll my eyes a bit when people are like my coach has me having x calories on rest days and x calories on training days and I'm always a bit like why I mean of course you can of course it might really work for some people especially like athletes that I totally get but at the same time, I'm like, there is such a thing as like going too far, overthinking it. And, and more often than not, I tend to find a lot of clients ask the wrong questions. Um, we, we've had a couple of them recently in the group. Remember that girl was saying, um, 
what's the lowest I can take my calories? Like, and it was like, you're asking the wrong question. Um, so yeah, I just think you're, you're, you might be getting too bogged down in it. However, if Emma and I are being a bit judgy here and you're like, well, hang on, I'm really interested in this, then absolutely go do your research. But I, I again, full circle back to our first points that we're very much agreed on, go on instinct on how you feel at that time. And if you feel like you can't push yourself and that's why, fair enough. You know, but that doesn't mean don't push yourself whenever you feel like it. But at that period of time, it makes sense. I find it so funny. Period with period. <laughs> Such a child. Anyway. Oh, I think I've got an echo again. Oh, no, wait, it's not there. Um, <clears throat> I, but do you know what? I find it really interesting and I like doing all the sciencey research behind it and and actually amelia and i are going to do um a live on women's health on instagram tonight so if you want to go over and watch that then we will go into like the impacts of varying levels of estrogen on strength on mood on body image on on numerous things but the point that like clothes made so well is that you can do all that and you can get all into the science and like we both kind of geek out on that stuff and we love it but the practical application isn't normally mm -hmm. there like there is no need to change all of your training because of this it's quite interesting to know and see and then you've got to consider if it's even applicable to you given like potentially if you're on the pill or something like it might not be applicable to you so yeah, yeah. don't don't overthink it i think is the outcome of that First, I came off the pill last year, and the first, and I'd been on it since I was 16. The first period I had in how many years is that? 10, 14, 15 years. Oh my God. It Sorry, sharing memories. I can't Frozen. hear you now. Oh, for crying out oh. Let me go. I'm going to go on the Facebook group and have a little looky. I've had to roll up my... Uh... Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, we're fine. We're All not right. having a great day on the technical front. We're fine. Oh. We're fine. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. Okay, right. We're good. <coughs> okay on then mm. okay next question um how do we transition from accountability christmas to the next round what date does this finish and the next round start so we finish this don't ask emma questions about because she'll just get everything wrong so we finish this on january the 4th monday january the 4th um and then the next ec method will start on Monday, January the 11th. And in terms of transitioning, um, that's what Emma and I are here for. If you could just make a note, obviously keep keep tabs on your, um, your weigh-ins, keep tabs on kind of where you finished up with your steps, your cardio, your training. Um, and then again, when we come into the next group, just like you would here, you just tag us and be like, this is where I left off. What should I do now? And we'll help you. Yeah, and a lot of the time, like, this is something we cover in every time that we start the new group and people still try and go back to those initial calorie calculators. If it's working for you, we need to use the data that you've got to adapt from there, not go back to this estimate that we started with. So we've got way better data now. Yeah. Okay, awesome. How do you stop that stop inner that. voice that tells you that you can't do that last rep? Um, I... 
uh, <laughs> just flick a switch. What you should do is when you finish, you know, your last full range of um, motion rep, do one, keep doing one more until you literally, your body stops you. Like, again, I did this yesterday with lat raises. Your body stops you here and then you're done. But make it simple. Don't listen to the, sh- the stupid voice in your head. <laughs> yeah, well, try and beat it. Like, if anyone ever tells me I can't do something, the first thing I'm thinking is, like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, just use it as a bit of a game. Um, heavier weights result in tight muscles around round shoulders and neck, which then lead to pain and headaches. Apart from very good Thai massage, how do I get around this? Um, You might just be really tight in that area. Um, And in which case, you know, we always kind of say this. If if you find that you are really tight in any area whatsoever, (laughs) lol, you have to really, (laughs) you're going to laugh, really make an effort to stretch pre and post lift. Um, make sure that you are staying on top of um, heat. So like maybe put it, if you after it, after a session, maybe put some heat on the area um, to make sure that it doesn't tighten up. Um, hydration, protein, rest. But ultimately, if this is an area where you're tight, it might just be somewhere where you do need to go in and get a massage once a week or once a fortnight. And aside from that, stretch around it and think about um, heat pads and kind of uh, Voltarol kind of anti-inflammatory cream stuff is really good for that, for like localized muscle pain. Don't go deeper than the muscle because it ain't going to do shit for you. But yeah, Emma? Um, I think with this, especially shoulders and neck, it's often a tension thing. Yeah. So even if you just check yourself a couple of times a day and like I used to be quite bad for this like I wouldn't even notice and I'd be like all hunched <laughs> up like really really tense and I think uh, what really helped me is my when I was running my like it's obviously not good for running to be that tense up and a lot of people do that so they're trying to run faster so they just tense more when yeah. actually that slows you down so yeah. I had to learn how to do that through running just try and relax a bit more open up your chest a bit more but just maybe every time you walk through a door, think like, okay, I'm relaxing, couple of deep breaths in and out, um, push your shoulders down so that you're not, like, I think so many people do sit and like throughout the day, just like their shoulders get higher and higher and they become more and more tense. So it could be that and that obviously when you're lifting weights as well, you tense up even more. I think it's it possibly something like that. So do do consider that and try that and, and obviously what Chloe said as well. Also, check out like um, more, a more supportive pillow. Like if you get like a nice temper pillow, um, you know, they are a bit expensive, but they're, they're definitely worth it if you do struggle in that area. That can really help you while you sleep with like neck support and stuff because you might be doing it when you're sleeping. James does it. <laughs> Guess what Ollie's just suggested? <laughs> what, tennis? Yeah. <laughs> Spirit class. <laughs> no, he says roll a tennis ball on on to see if that helps that is a good shout to it be fair really good, it is a really good or idea. like a lacrosse ball or something that's like really hard yeah okay um uh, <clears throat> i'm very new to the ec method i have chosen fat loss as i'd like to as i'd like to not so much drop scale weight um but fit into lower size jeans and prove to myself that i can i'm also weight training four times a week um and as I've struggled this week with my daily calories of 1500. I have overeaten a few times, so recorded it and increased my calories to 1800 and have averaged 1700 before this week. Um, 
Oh, no, wait. Before this week, I was easily full on 1,400. I'm a bit confused on how to progress from fat loss to hypertrophy and when this should happen. There's many different questions in this. Um, so she said, initially, she's basically said she struggled on 1,500s. She then upped it to 1,800, but before that, she could easily stick to 1,400. And I think often what happens is, like, it could just be that you weren't actually eating 1,400 consistently or that there were, like, errors in your tracking. And that's not anything, like, that's not um, anything that you've done wrong. Tracking is really accurate. But I think sometimes when you start something new, like the EC method, and you you then like have tighten up a little bit you realize that what you previously thought was 1400 might actually be closer to 16 1700 yeah. um and then obviously it's really hard to stick to 1500 when you have been sticking to higher calories previously so i think what you're doing is right it's sticking around 1800 but maybe if you're a little bit below that leaving it and it's okay about 1700 but having that 1800 as a start point for fat loss especially given that it sounds like you don't have that much fat to lose and that you're already thinking about moving into hypertrophy. Yeah, I would agree with all that. And I'd also say, you know, before this was pre-December, you know, and I don't know how many of you were in tier four, but, you know, pre more restrictions. And it, you may have been eating a more satiating kind of appropriate fat, quote unquote, fat loss diet in your calorie deficit, you know, with really focusing on the veg and the protein. Coming into December, you may be swapping out some of those really satiating foods to try and fit more treats into your calories, which is totally fine. But you are going to find that you're less satiated throughout the course of the day. And um, you're also likely going to find that your calories will creep up. So just take a step back and have a look at like, has anything changed with my dietary intake? Or as Emma pointed out, my tracking, is it more, is it more specific now than it was before? Um, and or, you know, yeah well basically yeah that all of that um but yeah again with the last question and then i'll let emma pick it up i say this to a lot of people now on the ec method if you're asking the question i when am i ready to come into hypertrophy i think i might be ready you're likely probably done with fat loss and ready but we can't really tell you it's, it's your goal you have to tell us and also pictures will likely help um but yeah that's always up to up to you emma yeah, we cover this, I think, every single podcast, but your goals have to come from you. The only time when we'll tell you to do something is if we were worried about your health. Like if we're like, no, you're definitely done with fat loss, you're getting too lean, or we think that it's like jeopardizing your relationship with food or like various things like your performance is being ham- like affected or your relationships outside of exercise are being affected and whatever. Yeah. So we would only do that if we were concerned about you. But up until then, it's completely up to you. Like, it, it's your goal. It's your choice. Um, so we can't really tell you that. But I think you made a really good point about food choice, which I don't think we can emphasize enough, that some people seem to be a bit confused that they're hungry on, I don't know, 1,800 calories. That's that can be a lot of calories, eighteen hundred, but it or can also be not very much, depending on the food choices you're making, and 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 it can be quite easy in many ways to stick to fourteen hundred calories if you're eating like all whole unprocessed foods, home cooked with lots of food volume and high protein, like you'll be very full. But it might be really hard to do that around Christmas when you're also trying to fit in a mince pie and and like overestimating a little bit for someone else's cooking, or you're eating out like. 
calories are only one aspect of what makes you full or what increases satiety. Other things like food volume and um, protein levels and other things like that, they will impact how, how satiating the calories that you consume are. So yeah. it's not just, oh, I'm, I shouldn't be hungry on 1800 calories. I'd be hung- hungry on 1800 calories if it was all like high, highly palatable, junky type food that's really Moorish and I really want to overeat that doesn't have much food volume. Agreed. So, so that's something to consider as well. Um, I just want to say how grateful I am to have this program before all of this tier four bullshit. And now I think it'll be what gets me through. Keep up the fab work, guys. I think that's a good point. Yeah, thank you. I know I, I'm so happy that we have this. Like right from the beginning, there have been times where like when lockdown's been lifted and like real life has happened again, where I've been like, oh my God, this is so intense. Like I would, yeah, I would say like I've probably had more work stress meltdowns this year than I've ever had, but I've never been so grateful for work. Like just, I'm not going to get to see any of my friends or family this Christmas. And the first thing I thought, I shit you not, when that hit, when that really hit home, I was like, well, that just means I can jump into the EQ method and like chat to everyone else while I'm drunk on Christmas Day and see what's going on. I'm going to avoid doing that because it's deeply unprofessional. But like, it was the first thing I thought and it was the only thing that really kind of made me smile out of it. So yeah, I totally relate to that. Yeah, I think, and the, the first thing I thought was like, shit, I hope everyone's, like everyone in the group's okay. And well, the first person that messaged me, you being like, are you okay? So well, sweet. I hadn't heard from Chloe for like three hours, which is not unheard of for us. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is everything okay? <laughs> so true, so true. Um, okay, I know this is very niche and you're both not doctors, but I'm going to be starting IVF in January and the guidelines I've been given around diet and exercise are very bland and generic i.e. nothing too strenuous and a healthy balanced diet. I have polycystic ovaries, but I've been told possibly not the syndrome. Yeah. I'm five foot seven, I'm 59 kilograms, aiming for maintenance in accountability Christmas, but want to head back into fat loss in January. Only want to drop a pound or two, nothing drastic. Could either of you offer advice around diet and training as I prepare for IVF and during? Anything to avoid or particular foods to include? Thanks in advance and hope you both have a lovely Christmas. Oh, thank you. That's exciting. First of all, congratulations. I'm really happy for you. I have so many of my best friends who've gone through this or are currently going through this and it's it's so exciting. I'm really pleased for you. Um, uh, yeah, I do have some thoughts on this. So, first of all, five foot seven, fifty nine kg. That's lean. Yeah, like, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe we need to see photos, but uh, that is lean. I mean, I'm five six, and fifty eight kg is my shredded weight. So, I mean, I, I would like to see some photos of you. Um, the second thing uh, that I would say is, first of all, brace yourself because there might be points during the IVF where you actually have to go on bed rest. That, again, has happened to my friends, which they weren't expecting. Um, so <clears throat> get prepared for that. And, yeah, look, it, 
it's it's um, it's it's ambiguous which is annoying for somebody who obviously trains and knows what they're doing but at the same time it's not wrong and it's not unintentionally ambiguous the, the whole thing is is that you you can still train and maintain everything that you've been doing from lifting to say uh jogging all of that is absolutely fine but you shouldn't be doing anything strenuous in terms of heart rate or lifting progression. So don't try and start hitting PBs all of a sudden. Um, that's not a good idea. Don't start doing or continue doing hit anything that gets your heart rate like crazy, crazy high. You want to do things which are, you know, a moderate intensity and which your body is more than capable of handling. Um, but I wouldn't by any means reduce the frequency with, with which you train, just the intensity with which, with which you train. And those would be my thoughts in terms of food. I'd really like you to come up into maintenance sooner rather than later. Maybe just come out of fat loss completely. Um, and also it's the perfect week to do it. Um, you don't need to go into a slight surplus. Um, so that's not really relevant. But I'd certainly push you up into maintenance um, just so your body can really stand, you know, be at the front of the, the starting line kind of thing. Emma? Yeah, I completely agree. And I know that like generic or what did what was the word? bland and generic advice like isn't exciting, but I think being realistic like if you're giving advice to everyone in every situation, it's very hard to like set guidelines that are specific because it kind of has to be generic given that it is generic advice on a website. Um and I completely agree with everything that Chloe said. I wouldn't have you dieting. I think a lot of people get quite oh James is home so he's like what's happening <laughs> keep talking go on uh yeah I think a lot of people um maybe don't realize the impact that the changes in hormones may have on them in terms of your IVF and like how you're going to feel potentially the effects of those hormones on your hunger your satiety your mood um your movement like there's loads of impact so I think dieting at the same time would just add an unnecessary stress yeah um and we're obviously here to support you throughout but I would say come up to maintenance still try and enjoy exercise but yeah realize that it is a lot for your body to go through so we probably don't want to add on anything extra and there's plenty of time to be doing that like after you've had a healthy pregnancy and really you obviously like I don't even feel like I need to say this but the goal now like the the main outcome is a happy healthy pregnancy not being like even the fact that you're like oh I don't have much to lose maybe just one or two kilograms then what's the point there isn't a point like we're not doing it no yeah (laughs) Yeah. I agree we're just gonna say no no basically no um I love that the last question (laughs) we're like guys we you have to set your own goals and now we're like no (laughs) this is your goal now I'm more than happy to shut somebody's goal down but that's very different from gifting somebody a goal. I'll take it away. Shut it but down. No. Um, okay, here's, here's a good question, which I think you'll have a better answer for. How many calories do you think are in a Christmas lunch, all three courses? Oh, what a question. Does she, does she specify the courses? No, she hasn't, which would give more context. Should we specify them? Do you remember last what? year when, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but... I think it was Pure Gym put up like standard Christmas meal and put the calories on it and everyone lost their shit and was like that's yeah it's so ridiculous you know what if they'd said like these are the calories in the Christmas meal and you should be in the gym the next day to burn it off then I would understand but like they didn't they literally just said 
these are the standard calories in a Christmas meal. And it was like fat shaming, blah, blah, blah. Please, this is exactly what I have to deal with all the fucking time now. I'm like, go away. I'm sorry that calories exist in food. I apologize. I didn't mean to offend everybody. Like, what? Why? And But I also half wonder, well, I suppose, look, if, if they got backlash, you know, on social media or from the public, fine. But a lot of the time I'm like, actually, I think you're not giving people enough credit. I think people are more intelligent than anybody, than any big markets give them credit for. And they just treat everybody like they're so stupid. Like how female supplements are still pink why <laughs> this is so annoying um anyway yeah no it's really not that high in terms of the actual christmas lunch um so okay i guess we'll start with what would the starter be because in my family it would be a fish course but i think in a lot of families it would be like maybe a soup or something we would normally have a starter james what do you what do your family normally have as your christmas lunch starter course we don't have a starter oh Fine, so let's go with my family then. <laughs> so in the Maidley household, um, we'll normally do like a smoked salmon and prawn thing. So that would likely be for, let's say, a couple of locks of smoked salmon, maybe maybe just under 100 calories, and maybe, let's say, 10 prawns, around about 100. So we're going to go with like 200 calories for the starter. Emma, thoughts? What was So these have nothing on? Well, well, just lemon and stuff. Like, oh, okay. I don't... That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. I think a lot of people have prawn cocktail, which is quite because of the Mary mayo Rose and the, was it like mayo and ketchup? Yeah. The, yeah. Mary Rose sauce or seafood sauce, whatever you want to call it. That will probably be per tablespoon, like a hundred calories, I would guess. So say if you do, say, say two portions of, of um, fish and a tablespoon, so a small portion of the, of the Mary Rose sauce, I would guesstimate to be about 300 calories. Okay, so start as 300, main course. Turkey's lean, so, and you don't normally get much of it. So like, let's say like a handful of turkey slices, 100 grams. Again, let's just guesstimate it around 100 calories or 150 yeah, 150. Yeah, because you keep the skin on. So maybe 150. Uh, then um, let's say four roast potatoes. Uh, maybe 200. Well, no. Well, yeah, because they're going to be cooked in fat. So 200 calories. So 350. Portion of greens, 50 calories, 400. Some gravy, 50 calories, 450. Pigs in blankets or sausages. That's where you're going to be get your most... <laughs> <laughs> bang for your calories yeah so that'll probably be a, another couple hundred calories so what is that maybe 600 700 calories for your christmas lunch what's that plus the starter we're talking a thousand now hit a thousand and then your dessert is likely going to be somewhere around that 400 500 mark just for like a, a slice of something or like whatever so yeah i'm gonna say 1500 calories and this is not including the booze yeah, I think half- something around that is fine. But then equally, I think you could make, like your Christmas lunch could equally be 500 calories or oh, or 2,500 calories. Like obviously just depending on the choices that you make and how much extra and, and serving sizes and like how much you actually eat. It could be like, it's very hard for us to estimate, but yeah, that's... Like- 
that'll be normal. But Emma's right. Like you have you have a bit more on your plate, or you have something else. You know, we forgot about stuffing. <laughs> you know, you have bread and butter with your fish starter. Like there's so many there's so many variables. Yeah, here. and then you add on some wine, and like yeah. the fact that you maybe started with like three roast potatoes, but then like it's normally just on the table, so people are taking bits here and there, and then you kind of forget. Oh. I eat half my food, half my dad's food, half my food, <laughs> how I go back and forth at Christmas. If it's not on your plate, it's not your calories. He doesn't mind. He's very calorie conscious. So every time I take something off his plate, he's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, next question. Question. Although I'm doing five or six CrossFit questions and hitting my neat, I still still feel that I'm not training hard enough. Whilst I know I don't need to, is it okay to add, say, an, I think that's meant to say, ab, AOB work out in a couple of times a week? Maybe it's meant to say ab workout a couple of times a week. Or am I back to overtraining? Question mark. Oh, who is this? Back to overtraining. I know it's been a problem for me before, sometimes CrossFit and running five times a week and weight training in one day hitting around 25 to 30,000 steps, which isn't sustainable, but I do feel like I'm not doing enough. Yeah, this is not a physiological, I'm not doing enough, and you absolutely should not add in any sessions. And it's the mind game that you need to get your head out of the thought that you need to do more and more and more. And I would just question it, like, why? Why do you need to do more? What benefit are you looking to get? You will not get a performance benefit, absolutely not. Are you concerned that if you don't exercise that much, you're going to put on fat or like what? I think we need to get to the bottom of what is it that's stressing you out that you're not doing enough? Yeah, agreed. I think, yeah, I think, look, it's great. I'm all for people being really active, loving training. Like, I, I think that's great. But a good sign is if you can't go one full day without doing some kind of like exercise activity, there's some, there's something you need to stop and think about here and as emma said is it is it fear of calories in terms of i have to burn off everything i put in my mouth which as emma just touched on with the pure gym thing people that think like that have a problem um so there's that uh or is it more like um is it a mechanism for stress um which is fine as emma touched on in the li- last live i'm more than happy for that to be your coping mechanism but there is such a thing as um being able to stop and sit with yourself so yeah i think you need to think about it and yeah that is let's just keep leave you where you are and practice a little bit of restraint <laughs> yeah it's it's an interesting one it's a horrible mindset to be in because i just don't think you enjoy exercise anymore when it feels like it's forced upon you or that like yeah. you have to do it or that or that you quote unquote should do it like it should be i get to do this um yeah, yeah so let's let's try and get to the bottom of that uh yeah. if you can tag us in a post we can we can try and help you with that but yeah we don't want you in the mindset of like you have to be burning off the calories that you consume or that you have to continuously be doing more and more and more and that what you're this- doing is not enough this reminds me of a post I did a couple of weeks ago about like physique athletes get such a bad rap for being like quote unquote unhealthy, which of course they are. By the time you get in front of a camera and you're, sh- if you're a woman and you're shredded or you get on stage and you're shredded, like some of the guys at the Olympia this year, fucking hell, 
there's no way in hell that's healthy for a, for a female body. Men, again, can, can handle it a bit better because of testosterone, but women don't really handle that level of lean very well hormonally. But the same thing applies for like athletes, like full on athletes. When James was playing rugby and even when he was um, in training for MMA, he was unbelievable. He was in a really unhealthy physiological state. He was nowhere near homeostasis. His um, stre- the stress markers in his body basically were the same as they would be after a test game against South Africa, like all the time, every day. It's not healthy. And I do think it's really interesting that we put athletes on a pedestal and we hail them for being these amazing physical specimens, which they are, and we applaud them for it. But nobody actually stops and goes, well, actually, it's not that healthy to train that much seven days. Really, you talked about Ross Edgley, and you're like, I just don't know how healthy that is, <laughs> like mentally. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, because we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Like, there's a there's a line, and even if we're not talking about physiologically, which you're right, it isn't any extreme, we always touch on this, any extreme is not healthy physiologically. But that's not what being an athlete is about, even though we sort of have in our heads that that is what it's about. But even I think, like, there's some people who get put on this pedestal for having such great commitment and what dedication. You're so dedicated. You run every single morning for, like, some people, I can't remember his name now, but does a marathon every single day or runs for two hours every single day how is that impacting the rest of your life now what would make me more impressed like most people are like he's the most dedicated man I've I've ever like come across no he's not like he can't not do that like I'd be way more impressed if he was like yeah I'm gonna have a couple of days off and not stress out about it like there's a line where it's just become an obsessive thing um and I think we do idolize that a little bit too much especially in health and fitness like like I've never I've never had a day off no days off okay well I'd be way more impressed if you'd had a day off similar to when we talk about your diet and people are like oh I've managed not to eat chocolate for the whole eight weeks we're actually far more impressed by the woman who's managed to eat chocolate and get her results throughout the eight weeks and hasn't just overly restricted balance is bloody hard yeah agreed agreed especially for those with like an athlete mindset okay question oh this is a good one for you on it actually this is gonna sound really bad now because this is obviously not james but you're just because you're the relationship guru how do i deal with an unsupportive boyfriend no encouragement or respect for my goals never asks how i'm getting on gets stroppy if if he ever cooks for me and i don't need to weigh it before cooking slash eating i tend to make my own food for this reason Anytime I suggest doing something active together, he shrugs it off. Um, I'm doing this whole journey on my own. No, you're not. You've got us and the EC method. But anyway, and it's sometimes quite difficult without the support. Am I being selfish? Um, You're absolutely not being selfish. And even if you were, it's your life and your body and you're entitled to be selfish. Not all of the time, but some, if not most of the time. Sorry, but it's just that's how you're going to live your your best life. And obviously there will come a point where you have to stop and consider people around you. That's hugely important. But most of the time you should be thinking about how you're going to be happy and how you're going to get through this tricky, tricky thing called life. Um, So, uh, no, it's not selfish. Um, This to me um, actually. okay. I'm going to say two things. I'm just wondering if either this your partner 
is maybe kind of jealous or threatened or intimidated or is having some kind of visceral internal reaction to the fact that you're doing this and he is not, whether that's about his own issues potentially or maybe issues with, and this would again come from him, what you're going to end up feeling like, looking like, kind of being like. Uh, it screams to me that he's got some internal stuff going on with this. Um, so think about that. And I'm going to say something now, and I'm, I am i don't know if I should say it. I just, uh, sometimes in relationships, there are things that you're just never going to see eye to eye on. And there, there are things you're never going to be compatible on. And that is every relationship you'll ever find. So sack up and embrace it. This just is an area where you guys aren't compatible. But if this is a huge part of who you are, I would wonder if maybe that's not going to be maybe a bigger problem down the line, but that's not really for me to say and or predict. But uh, yeah, it's either going to be something that you're going to have to talk about and be like, this is just something we're not aligned on, or it's going to be have, have to be something that you think about in, in the future. <laughs> Emma? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it is hard when like the cho it's choices that you make in quite a lot of areas of your life. Like obviously you're going to eat together or you should be eating together. And like, that's part of being in a relationship. Yeah. And it's kind of fine, like, I've dated people who have absolutely no interest in the gym, and I kind of prefer it, because yeah. they have other interests, and that's exciting and great, and I don't need them to be interested in the same things. Yeah. But I think for them to have, like, no... It's not even the no interest, like, I wouldn't care if they weren't interested in the gym, but, like, to shrug it off every time you even want to, like... Fair enough, they don't want to go to the gym, but will they go for a walk with you? Or yeah. will they try this new recipe that you want to try? Or there has to be a little bit of give and take or a little bit of even like interest in what you're doing. Um, it's, he does sound ironically like he's being slightly selfish here. Because this is something you do have to support your partner. Like we talked about this on that Fitness Unfiltered Live podcast I did with you guys, remember? Like it was such a learning curve for James and I after he retired that he had to learn actually how to then support me and we had to get a bit more balance in the relationship um it's, it's a hard I've been through it I really have been through it and and change can occur 100% I mean he's great now uh, he, he was not in the beginning so maybe this is something that you guys are actually going to have to work on but I do think it's something to do with him I think he's the one being a bit selfish now just one last point on this you talked about him cooking you food and getting arsy if you want to wear it out there might be points actually where you have to eat the food he cooks and say thank you and not wear it out or if you do you know, do it later, memorize kind of what you've eaten and do it later away from him. I can understand why that might get old if he's cooking you a lot of meals. Um, and that's why you'll have to compromise. Um, I think maybe you guys just need to have a chat about it, really. Yeah, I think that's the the result of or like the end point of a lot of these things. Like, does he even know that this is, that you're actually pretty angry about this and it's upsetting you? Or, or are you just making like small little digs at each other and no one's actually said, by the way, this like this is actually a big deal for me and it really upsets me when you say things like that. Or are you just like not really talking about it? So I would I would just confront the problem in a nice Same. way. And Same. and yeah, and just say like I'm more than happy to like understand why these things are making you uncomfortable or why it's annoying for you if I do X, Y, and Z and make compromises there, as long as you're also willing to make compromises for me i guess that's relationships in general isn't it that's why emma's single so she doesn't have to do shit for nobody <laughs> yep <laughs> yep Nailed it. um 
I've gone a little. I, that doesn't make any sense. I've gone a little <laughs> off track this week. Getting back on it tomorrow. That's not a question. Um, I've been looking at getting a fold-up treadmill as I hate going outside when it's cold and wet. Oh, amen, sister. I've seen manual ones which are obviously a lot cheaper, and I was wondering what the main benefit of an electric treadmill is. I haven't tried the manual ones. I don't think the cheap ones work particularly well, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know because I haven't. I've only ever done them really at the gym. I yeah, but those ones are really expensive. The manual expensive. ones at the gym, like the curved treadmills. Yeah, they're like two and a half grand. She won't be oh, talking about that. Cool. Yeah, you can get ones. Um, that like I don't really understand how they I don't think they work particularly well you basically have to just like push it's just like a treadmill that's not turned on well the, the pros of it is that if you're doing steady state cardio you'll probably burn way more calories right the co- and also the ones at the gym if you were doing like hit sprints you'll probably burn way more calories the cons of it are it's not at your discretion so like the great thing about a tread an electric treadmill is if you put it on a like a like a steeper incline and I don't know how steep you're going to get one with a fold up treadmill but just any incline will help and you get speed variance you kind of get to dictate what what kind of cardio you do you know and that's beneficial um I think there's pros and cons to both uh if you're looking for something cheap to get your steps in I would just get like a shitty cross trainer like you can get them for like 30 40 quid I think on like argos type places you're still getting your steps in like i would probably prefer working on a treadmill but in terms of like if you're looking for a cheap way to get your steps in that's probably a decent way yeah agreed or a skipping rope yeah it's it's hard to skip for like 20 minutes do you know what's so funny i find with so i find this is going to sound like such a weird thing to say but i find that my body adapts to skipping really really quickly so if i start going to the gym and skipping like normally i'll get like calf doms and like that's interesting and at first like it's like pretty savage i within like two weeks i'm like finding it quite hard to to get that same heart rate again it's really really weird and i half wonder if this is not because i used to skip all day every day as a little girl so maybe there's some kind of muscle memory happening there which is making it so efficient at skipping i'm so good at it guys Right, um, we've spoken for almost an hour. Are we going to do the six things here and on Instagram, or are we going to... Uh, yeah, let's start here and then move over to Instagram. Okay. I am going to put a filter on, by the way, when we go on the ground. Bye, me. I'm poorly and pale. Um, okay, you start. I've got it up in front okay, of Okay, number one... Oh, oh, right, we haven't even said what these are for. So we just came up with six points, uh, kind of just to finish this off before Christmas make sure you enjoy your Christmas and this is our like little six point guide to get you there so number one is to own your choice and don't apologize for it I think so many people feel like and on both ends of the spectrum here either they're like I should stay on my diet or I shouldn't eat this or they're like I should overeat because it's Christmas And I want you to like take away that should and just try and focus on like, what do you actually want to do? What's going to make you happy? Um, So that, that would be my first point. Anything to add on the first point? Yeah. I've said it like in passing a couple of times on the lives and I've also said it in the file, but exactly what Emma said, should or shouldn't yes or no. Um, If you decide that you're going to say no, because actually you really want to stay on your diet and you don't really care about having a second mince pie 
Don't let anybody make you feel bad about that, including yourself. If you say no, you say no. Own your choice and enjoy that choice. And the enjoyment of that choice could be self-control and self-awareness around food, mindfulness around food and your hunger hunger cues. Um, and that's a great thing to celebrate internally, you know, pat yourself on the back. Um, if you say, yes, it's Christmas and I really want the second mince pie. The first one was banging. <laughs> I need another one. Then don't feel guilty about it. Or if someone says, aren't you supposed to be on a diet? Like just pish posh them away with your hand. And again, enjoy that choice because it is Christmas and it's been a shit year and you wanted it and you said yes and the whole thing will have been a waste if you're then like oh I shouldn't have had it no enjoy it and back yourself yeah I agree like you'll ruin any enjoyment if you then regret the decision for you know own it um which brings us on to point two which is enjoy it which was kind of just covered there but that's that's the whole point is that yeah you enjoy it you don't shame yourself after and food tastes nice i would again like we've spoken about this before but choose your indulgences and then actually enjoy them as opposed to just going like willy-nilly throughout the day like picking up things here and there just decide which things you're most looking forward to and make sure you enjoy them yeah i agree completely Um, And the best way to do that would be number three, which is eat slowly and mindfully. Yeah. So again, we kind of touched on this in the first point. We do this every time. (laughs) Basically, there's one point. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Eat slowly and mindfully. And I don't mean like, you know, (laughs) chew like a snail, but really like taste what you're tasting. Like take a minute to take a minute, (laughs) not literally take a second to enjoy what you're tasting. Um, to enjoy the texture of it to to really just like covet the moment of you know food is a wonderful wonderful thing and it elicits amazing responses in the human body and brain um you should really like take your time to take pleasure out of it and also if you do that you're a lot less likely to then be like oh and over there is there's still i don't know five chocolate covered peanuts in the nut bowl even though i hate peanuts but (laughs) i'll eat them anyway you're a lot more likely to be like that was enjoyable and not want to then just basically pick and graze at stuff you don't really care about. Emma? Agreed. Uh, do I have anything to add on that? I don't, don't know. don't think so. I think eating, like, definitely slowing it down, definitely focusing on the foods that you enjoy, but also the fact that, like, overeating isn't particularly fun or enjoyable, and actually you normally enjoy, like, the first couple of bites the most. And then it yeah. like progressively gets kind of less enjoyable the more you eat. So like your first bite of a burger is by far the best bite. And then by the end of the burger, it's like, meh, it still tastes okay, but it's not as enjoyable as the first bite. So yeah. try and remember that, that like you can have some and probably enjoy it just as much, if not more, as if you have loads of that thing. Which leads us very nicely onto the next point don't let it spiral again we've already done this <laughs> Go way ahead of ourselves yeah don't be like you know oh well because I've eaten that now I'll just I can eat anything today so oh there's an old <laughs> chocolate decoration on the tree from last year I'll have that Ooh, no don't or like oh you know there's 
Dad, this is definitely what I do, by the way. Dad has left half his dessert on the table. I'll have that. No, like, don't. If you've eaten and you're enjoying yourself, there's no pressure for you to eat everything that you can find. There's no pressure at all. You're simply sitting in the moment of enjoying yourself and riding it out. And if, if, you know, if you feel like another moment presents itself with something that you want to eat, great. But don't feel the pressure that you now have to eat, okay? I know it's so weird, but it works both ways. happened to me many a time <laughs> yeah agree and I think sometimes you think oh as soon as I've gone like off my quote-unquote plan even if you had in your head right I'm gonna I've picked these indulgences and I'm gonna enjoy them but then you have a little bit more and you think well I've ruined the plan I had in my head now I may as well just overeat for the rest of the day remember that that doesn't make any sense the whole analogy of like if you if you smashed one plate, you wouldn't then go and smash up your whole kitchen. Like it's one little slip up, get straight back on track. Um, and the other point I want to make about this is like what we mean by don't let it spiral as well is, okay, it's Christmas day and maybe it's boxing day, but then it's like back on track, back, back with a bit of routine, back eating healthy, nutritious foods, not just like that whole week between Christmas and new year, just thinking, oh, well, I'll start again on the 1st of January that's what causes weight gain over christmas it's not christmas day and it's not boxing day it's that full like week to 10 days that you spend just overeating and not doing much else so even if you do slip up on christmas day if you get straight back on track you'll do nothing in terms of your long-term progress i completely agree that's that's such a good point um it might actually be a good idea um for you guys to actually start planning when the day is that you're back on track. So let's say it's Boxing Day or the day after Boxing Day and what you're going to have for breakfast and what time you're going to train. Just that, like just that getting up and doing that one thing, even if you feel like shit, if you're hungover, food hangovers are very real as well. Slug your way out that bed, down some water, down an espresso and go do something. Maybe you might even want to train fasted. I know I do if I've overindulged. And then plan your breakfast, plan your meal, um, and you're much more likely to kind of get your off to the races again, as opposed to like picking at what's left over when actually you have a goal and you're, you're set to go again. I think it chills you out about a bit about like the whole process as well. Cause I think there's a lot of people in this group who are quite anxious about Christmas and about like quote unquote undoing their hard work. Where actually, if you know that you're like, okay, no, I am going to relax over Christmas I'm gonna take the pressure off and I'm gonna enjoy it but come the 28th of December like I'm back on it like I and I've said to myself and you can even do a post in the group if you want I'm coming like from the 28th of December like my breakfast is going to be this I'm going to do this workout and I'm going to make sure I hit 10,000 steps that day like that's the day where I'm back on track and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be massively off track for the other days it's just you've now like made yourself accountable in your in your head I know for me like even when I've been like on holidays and stuff and I know that I've eaten and maybe drunk too much and not exercised very much but I know that I'm obviously coming back on x day I'm like well like it's it there's a there's an end to this it's not just going to drag on like yeah I'm going to overindulge for another like couple of days or a week but then I will be back from holiday and I'll be back in routine again. So I think just setting yourself that time that that's when you're coming back will probably ease some anxieties in the group. 
I agree. And I actually think, I know that a lot of people will be like, oh, that means I'm really going to fall in the fuck it bucket if I'm looking at like how long I have, like an egg timer until I have to be. But actually, I think it does the opposite. If you give yourself permission to have a couple days off and you know that on Sunday or Monday, you're going to be ready to go again. I actually think it keeps you goal minded while giving yourself permission to have some time. I actually think it can work really, really nicely. You just might need to flip your perspective on it. And um yeah, I think it's a really good idea. Um, which leads us into point six, Emma. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, point five. Point five. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I All right. You Sorry. Wait, wait. Sorry. This is, be present because you are the best present. <laughs> Came up with that all on, on, all on my own. Um, but... The point we want to make about that one is like, I guess kind of more social media wise, not being on your phone and being present in the moment and enjoying the people you have around you. If you are lucky enough to be spending that with your family, which I think in many ways, like you can be even more grateful for than usual. Cause I think we often take it for granted that we'll see our family at Christmas. So if you are seeing your family or all the parts of your family, even like, make sure that you're enjoying that and that you're grateful for that yeah I think that I, I could not like shout, shout that out more like as someone who doesn't get, my poor mom oh she was really struggling with it yesterday as someone who's not going to get to see their mom and dad or brothers you know and I you my family is so 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 close like please please you know spend this time enjoying the company of your family and reveling in it um and certainly don't put too much focus on food or your body just really really enjoy this time um yeah I mean I think it's going to be for so many people who aren't in tier four like um like the R version of an American Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for you all. <laughs> I think it's going to be really, really special and really lovely. Thanksgiving without like the raping and pillaging of Ollie's spirit class. <laughs> oh. Okay. And then finally, we don't want you to feel any guilt or shame around eating a little bit more or moving a little bit less over the Christmas period. Like it does not say anything about who you are or your morals or how great a person you are, or anything like that. So when you're, it's funny because when you ask someone like, oh, do you think that like food has, like food choices make you morally a better person or a worse person? They'd be like, no. But yet you're still shaming yourself for the food choices that you've made. So there is a disconnect there. So I want you to question like if you are, if you do wake up the next day and feel really guilty or you do eat a little bit more and you feel guilt. And I think it doesn't help that we associate often like things like gluttony is like a bad thing. But it, yeah, it's just eating a little bit more food. Yeah, it's a really nice um, saying actually, which one of my uh, favorite coaches in America said to me once. And he said, um, everything in moderation, including moderation. So it's very human you know, feasts are, you know, from the days of old, right? It's very human that not all the time, but sometimes in life, 
we celebrate with food and we overindulge. It's a very human thing to do, which means it's natural, which means it's probably mentally a healthy thing to do every now and again. Everything in moderation, including moderation. Do not wake up on Boxing Day morning like <gasps> having anxiety because actually you got too drunk last night and you know that you ate tr too much trifle at two o'clock in the morning. Please don't do that. It's really human and it's really normal. And like we've just said, you know, this is a time this year has been so hard for so many people. This is a time where you just really should be celebrating the fact that you're alive and you have a happy, healthy body. So, yeah, let it go. Let that shit go. Let it go. Let it go. Okay. There you and go. Don't forget, guys, be present because you are the best present. <laughs> so, yeah, if you've forgotten any Christmas presents, then you are the present. There you go. Just in that meme, I love it. It's like, I'm going to go lie under the tree this year just to show my family how fucking lucky they are to have me. <laughs> oh, too good. Uh, okay, so guys, that's it in terms of the lives. We will be back on Sunday. So you all get Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day off. So Merry Christmas Eve, Eve. Please do take that all, uh, everything we've just said to heart and go and enjoy it. And um yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we will be checking in with the group, but go and enjoy yourselves. Yeah, go and be present. Peace. Peace and love and good, good, what do they say? Goodwill to all men. Yes. Some crap. Something like that. <laughs>